This is the Visit the Zoo podcast, episode number 86. Today we hear about animals and plastics, sounds of the Mariana Trench, and my website nightmares. everybody to another episode, episode number 86 of the Visit the Zoo podcast. And I am your host, Frederick Fishman, author of the 12 book, 120 animal series of Kindle books, print books, audio books, DVD for Visit the Zoo. We have another fascinating episode for you, so I want to thank you for joining me. And just a couple of website heads up. I, of course, have my author website at frederickfishman, F-I-C-H-M-A-N.com. And now my new site, grocery-bags.com, where I'm trying to combat the plastic deluge that's killing millions of animals. And it's about that subject that... I've changed the last segment of this podcast, and I really hope that you can stay and listen to some preformed conversation about that. So let's get started. And we usually start off with a couple of news articles, and uh, that's no different today. And the first one is about all the hot weather we've been having. I'm sure we're in the middle of it here, at least in the Northern Hemisphere. And this story is titled Fish Popsicles, Elephant Hose Downs, and Ice Blocks Galore. This is how zoo animals are keeping cool during the heat wave that seems to be gripping all of us. And this comes, from, by the way, from CNN. Who'd have thought that a Nile hippo would need a chow down on frozen watermelons. Well, an extra hot day is usually countered by sipping a cool glass of lemonade to beat the heat. That's for you and me, of course. But for zoos across the country, it means keeping their animals cool with ice blocks of bones, meat, and fruit. And as the temperatures rose from the east coast to the west coast of the U.S., zoos have had to create new ways to keep their animals safe under these extreme conditions. Elephant showers, Wolf pool parties and frozen watermelons have just been a few ideas zookeepers have come up with. At the Brookfield Zoo, they're combating this, the recent heat wave, by providing chili treats to, the, to their animals. And the zoo animals' care staff offered blocks of ice with fruit and vegetables, as well as a few filled with meat and bones, two different species in the residence. Maryland Zoo, they've been offering ice treats to combat the heat wave. Many of the ice blocks include sports-style drinks, similar to Gatorade, to help replenish electrolytes, said officials from the Maryland Zoo. For bears, the blocks might include fish and fruit and might have lard layered in between them. For river otters, they sometimes include fish and vegetables. Tortoises at the Cincinnati Zoo are up to their necks in mud to fend off the heat, and even the NYPD is taking extra steps to make sure their animals are protected from the dangers of rising temperatures. The four-legged members of the NYPD mounted unit are staying indoors, and their two-legged partners are spraying them down with water to keep them cool. For this week's Animal and Plastics news article, I've got a fascinating story about a fascinating place. And it's about plastics found in deepest ocean animals. Animals living in the deepest ocean trenches have been found with plastic fragments in their gut, according to a new research published Wednesday showing how man-made pollution reaches into the bowels of this planet. More than 300 tons of plastic are produced annually, and there are at least 5 trillion plastic pieces 
floating in our oceans, including those one-use plastic bags we all get to grocery stores, at least some of us. Because deep-sea exploration is expensive and time-consuming, most studies on plastic pollution up to now has been close to the surface, showing a widespread level of plastic contamination in fish and turtles, whales, and seabirds. In the Mariana Trench, east of the the Philippines, the deepest depression on Earth, 100%. Let me repeat that. 100% of the animals studied had plastic fibers in their digestive tracts. Half of me was expecting to find something, but that is huge, said Alan Jameson from Newcastle University's School of Natural and Environmental Sciences. Just a quick note about the Mariana Trench. It's also known as Challenger Deep, and it is the deepest known point in the Earth's ocean. In 2010, the United States Center for Coastal and Ocean Mapping measured the depth of the Challenger Deep, 10,994 meters, or 36,000 feet below sea level, with an estimated vertical accuracy of plus or minus 40 meters. That's almost seven miles deep. Jameis had said his team normally spend their time looking for new species in the depths of the ocean, but they realized that during the course of expeditions dating back a decade, They had accumulated dozens of specimens of species of tiny shrimp that lived between 19,000 and 36,000 feet beneath the surface, and they decided to look for plastic. We are sitting at the deepest data set in the world, and we find plastics, and we know we are done. The team was astonished by how widespread the plastic contamination at extreme depths proved to be. For instance, the Peru Chile Trench in the Southeast Pacific is about 15,000 kilometers or 9,300 miles from the Japan Trench, yet plastic was found in both. It's off Japan, it's off New Zealand, it's off Peru, and each trench is phenomenally deep, Jameson said. The salient point is that they are constantly and consistently found in animals all around the Pacific Ocean at extraordinary depths. So let's not waste time, he said. It's everywhere. Of the 90 individual creatures the team dissected, over 72% contained at least one plastic microparticle. The study, published in the journal Royal Society Open Science, said it is unclear if the particles had been ingested by fish at higher depths than they died and sank. Microplastic particles are either dumped directly into the sea via sewers, rivers, or form when large chunks of plastic break down over time. Once they start gathering bacteria, they get heavier and eventually sink. So even if not a single fiber were to enter the sea from this point forward, everything that's in the sea now is eventually going to sink. Because plastic contamination is now so widespread, even at extreme depths, the team cautioned that it is very nearly impossible to know what effect plastic ingestion was having on bottom-dwelling species. These particles could just pass straight through the animal, but in the animals we have looked at, they must be blocking them. The equivalent would be for you to swallow, the equivalent would be for you to swallow a two-meter polypropylene rope and expect not to have an adverse effect on your health. There's no good aspect to this. Now, in our animal description segment today, I want to continue the discussion about the Mariana Trench because it's really fascinating to me. So we're not going to describe just one animal in one location, but many animals in one location. 
And that's the deepest point on the planet Earth, the Mariana Trench. And anyone looking for a little peace and quiet on Earth might think that you would find some at the bottom of the ocean. Well, they'd be wrong. And so were researchers who didn't expect to hear much when they dropped a microphone six miles down into the Mariana Trench in the Pacific Ocean. The results surprised scientists from the National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration and Oregon State University who conducted the experiment. Instead of quiet, they heard sounds of earthquakes and ships, the distant moans of baleen whales, an overwhelming clamor of a Category 4 typhoon nearby that just happened to pass overhead. The sounds give a new sense of what life is really like seven miles below the surface. Working with the U.S. Coast Guard, the researchers sent a titanium-encased microphone to a depth of more than 36,000 feet into the deepest part of the Mariana Trench. When it was retrieved, the microphone's package flash drive held recordings that were made over the course of three weeks last summer. Further surprising scientists, the recordings weren't merely of faint echoes, they were clearly discernible sounds. You would think that the deepest part of the ocean would be one of the quietest places on Earth, says Chief Scientist Robert Dizak of NOAA. Yet there is really almost constant noise from both natural and man-made sources. Explaining that the prevalence of propeller wine in the recordings, Dizak notes that the Challenger Deep or Mariana Trench is close to the commercial shipping hub of Guam. NOAA undertook the mission to help establish a baseline for ambient noise in the deepest part of the ocean. Oregon Public Broadcasting notes that lots of additional research is happening along the West Coast to study possible impacts on whales and other marine creatures from the increasing human-caused underwater noise. Before they could make the recordings, the researchers had to develop a hydrophone that was capable of surviving extreme pressure, in this case more than 16,000 pounds per square inch. For comparison, NOAA says, the atmospheric pressure in the average home or office is less than 15 pounds per square inch. When it was finally lowered, Noah says the ceramic microphone hydrophone had to enter depths at a relatively slow pace at about 5 meters per second to prevent it from imploding. Okay, let's hear some of those sounds that Noah recorded. First of all, let's just give some background noise and see what it sounds like seven miles deep. Okay, now let's hear a baleen whale. This is a very short clip recorded on this microphone seven miles below the surface. Very short, so let me play that again. Okay, now here is a propeller passing overhead. Now, finally, here are some sounds picked up by Noah's microphones in the Mariana Trench of an earthquake, a 5.0 earthquake. sound 
Legends of the Mariana Trench. I'm going to now reel off just some of the creatures who live down there, the names of some of these creatures. Some of these I've never heard of before. Maybe you have, I don't know, but here's just some of the fish that were that are down there. The anglerfish, the dumbo octopus, the frilled shark, the goblin shark, the barrel eye, black sea devil, the marine hatchfish, fang tooth, fan fin, Sea Devil. That's the picture, by the way, that, I, that I've included for this episode. Of, it's of the fan fish, Sea Devil. The football fish, the Ceratoldoe, I butchered that, sorry. The Indicanthus Atlanticus, the Deep Sea Dragon, and the Bethacodon. And those are just some of the animals that live down there. And they are some of the creepiest deep sea creatures on the planet down there in the Mariana Trench. Let me just give you one description here of the fan fin sea devil. They're a type of anglerfish. They have a bioluminescent lure used in attracting prey as well as in avoiding becoming prey themselves. And don't forget at that depth, it's absolutely pitch black. The hairy looking spikes on its body are sensors that help the fish balance as well as check the water for surrounding entities. Fanfish sea devils are some of the scariest creatures you have ever seen, but at least they are tiny. They are about eight inches long, while the males are even smaller, measuring only about a half an inch in length. The males are known as sexual parasites, and during the mating process, they latch onto the female and essentially fuse themselves permanently onto her body to reproduce. Well, now that produces an image that I don't think I want to see. Anyhow, that's a little bit about the animals in the Mariana Trench. All right, we come now to uh, a segment, one of the final segments of uh, the podcast where I usually read a poem or I uh, tell some really stupid animal jokes that I discovered, and I've got hundreds of them, so... I'll probably inflict those on you in the future. And at the last minute as I was preparing my podcast rundown, because I write everything out, I've got to have the notes in front of me so I, so I make sure that whatever I give you is absolutely correct. So I put in a lot of research into every episode. I want you to know that. But I decided that I'm going to do something different this time, and I'm I'm going to really just have a conversation with you. And I think as I reel this off, I'll be able to hear the wheels whirring around in your head. And I don't want this to sound snarky or self-serving or like a vent, but it's more of a cautionary tale that may even affect some of you uh, when you're trying to build a website for whatever you want to do for personal purposes or for, for business purposes. And I think I mentioned uh, at least three episodes ago that I'm starting a new company that I hope to combat everything we've talked about at the beginning of this episode in the last couple episodes, and that is the scourge of plastic that is choking this planet, both on land but especially on the sea, where 500,000 plus marine animals die every single year and a million seabirds, and that's just in the ocean. And countries have realized this for 
more than a decade now, and uh, to this point, there are 63 countries that have signed bans on single-use plastic bags, the type that you get in grocery stores or other stores where they put things in these plastic bags. Now, these plastic bags, a study was made, and it was found that they are used for an average of 12 minutes, but if they go to the landfill, it takes them 500 years, 500 years to disintegrate. So now 63 countries around the world, 340 cities, two major states, California and New York, with a combination of 60 million people, plus all those other cities around the, the country, are banning these plastic bags. And so I thought, well, all right, you walk into a store, you don't have a bag you carry with you. What are they going to offer you? Well, a lot of them in California, you can buy these paper bags which cost you 10 cents a piece. And I thought, all right. But what I'm seeing here where we live in Arizona, where there is no ban yet, uh, there will be, I'm sure. You are seeing a a lot of of these reusable bags, both synthetic and also canvas. And I thought, okay, you know, maybe there's an opportunity here where I can tell my story every single week in this podcast about how plastics are killing animals. And also maybe start a business. And I thought, I'll do this differently. Instead of the off the print mill normal patterns, I'll do individual images. And I've got a lot of images myself. I've been in photography for a long time. And I have thousands of great photos here on my hard drive. And there's other public domain images too. And what we found is we put together this company And some of the images, we have already 700 plus images up on our manufacturers and distributor, and that's at Zazzle.com, over 700 images. So we're just getting started. But I needed a website, though, to specifically target some of the greatest images. And I started out with about 170 images, and I went to my go-to 12-year web hosting company, GoDaddy where I have my author site at frederickfishman.com and I've got some other book websites up and now grocery bags. And I thought, okay, I'll use their website builder seven, as they call it, to build a site. Now website builder seven is being transplanted by another one they've got called go central business plus, but I know seven. And even though the support was going away for a year, I thought I'll go ahead and use it. So I put up 170 images, 340 links. So when you hit the button, it automatically links you to the sales page for the image that you've chosen. I wanted to make it as easy as possible. It took me over 100 hours, probably a week, to upload all those images, put in all those hyperlinks, arrange it, drop in a couple of audio packages, start working on a video package for the website. And so I go ahead and I put up the website only to find out that the website is not optimized for a mobile use. Well, I don't know whether you know this or not, but most people do their shopping and scanning and searching on their mobile phone. Whether it be Apple or Android, that's where they get the information. And I looked at it after I built the site and spent all this time, and it looked like a mess. I mean, the links were not associated with the images, and it was just unusable. I called GoDaddy back. I said, okay. You know, I've spent all this time. Why didn't you tell me this was not optimized for mobile? And I heard a lot of fumbling and finally decided, okay, I'll rebuild the site again. 
So for grocery bags hyphen or dash dot com, grocery bags hyphen bags dot com. I decided, okay, I'll rebuild it on what they call Go Central Builder Plus. So I spent another hundred hours on rebuilding that site, 170 plus images, plus over 340 hyperlinks. And then on Thursday, the last Thursday, what was that, 25th, I think, it went live at noon. And I thought, oh, great. It looks so much better than the old site. Wonderful. I got on social media. I did a social media blast. You know, I was ready to go to some wholesalers and some other places to tell people about this. Six hours later, the site goes down. And what's happening, if you look on your PC and you go to grocery-bags.com, or even on an Apple platform. So if you're using so if you're using the Apple browser or you're using Microsoft Edge or Google Chrome or Firefox, you, you're going to see all the images are cut in half. So you can't see the image. And as the days have gone on, it's now Sunday when I'm recording this, Sunday the, the, the 28th, the images have even dropped even farther. It even looks, you can't even see what the images are. All you do is see the handle of the of the sample on the website. So I've been calling and calling and calling, and I've heard every story. First, I heard it was a theme that's got a bug or problem. And then I heard on Saturday, oh, it's fixed. No, it's not. So I talked to a supervisor about it, and she said, yeah, it's it's what they call a known issue. So no individual ticket has been written, but a general development ticket. Calls are coming in, and people are complaining, and everybody that's on this platform, and then I hear today when I talk to him, well, it's a general problem, and thousands, if not tens of thousands of people are being affected. So I spent 100 hours on Website 7. I spent 100 hours on this one, and after two weeks, I still don't have a website. Now, whether you know it or not, there are other website builders, and I'm sure you've seen a lot of the commercials, Bluehost, HostGator, but I'm sure you've seen either the Squarespace or the Wix commercials that have been running. So uh, I'm going to give GoDaddy a couple more days, and then I'm going to have to do it. I'm going to have to rebuild the site yet again and spend another 100 hours probably installing the image, putting up all the hyperlinks. And I don't know whether GoDaddy knew or didn't know that the second website builder, Go Central Builder Plus, had that in- inherent bug. But according to the people I've talked to there, they know about it. It's a known issue. Their developers have to write the code and put in the patch to fix their website builder. So now I'm stuck. I'm at their mercy. And like at the beginning of this podcast, and everything else that I put out on social media, I keep on saying, go to grocery-bags.com. Go, and I keep on repeating it over and over, and people are going there, and unless, they're, unless they don't go or they don't know, then they're going to know that the site is not functioning. So I'm stuck. You know, I'm at the mercy of now GoDaddy. Let me repeat that again. I'm at the mercy of GoDaddy to fix this problem which is odd because I've been with them for 12 years, have a lot of sites, a lot of domains, and now this problem. So why am I telling you all this? You poor people out there listening to this podcast, it's because, again, I'm just telling you a story. 
and uh, want to make it a cautionary tale, whether you use GoDaddy or somebody else, you know, it may be solid, you know, it may be rock hard steel and it may work for you or it may not. Just be prepared for heartbreak when all that work that you put into your business website or your personal website or your hobby website, whatever type of website that you're building, that this will happen. And that's why the industry's got so many people working for them because, you know, the internet, computers, they're not appliances yet. They're not like your refrigerator or your toaster oven or your stove or your dishwasher where every time you push it usually works. And usually it works for years and years and years. This is much more complex and it's it's depending upon the very fragile art of code. So I'm telling you all this again as a cautionary tale, but also that to warn you that if you go now, at least now today, as of today, the 28th, you go to grocery-bags.com and am I trying to, in my small way, combat this scourge of plastic bags that's killing so many animals and clogging you know, so many sewers around the world. As a matter of fact, in China, uh, they, they've got a ban. China and India, with both 1.4 billion people, that's 3 billion people have plastic bag bans in their countries. China called it, uh, what they call it, the white, the white mist, because there were so many of these plastic bags in the, in the trillions there. I mean, they've got, you know, like I said, 1.4 billion people there, and they're all buying products and they're all using these plastic it was choking their sewer system so it is a problem and i thought okay i'll start this site but you know my site's down it's not working and hopefully by the time you hear this sometime this week or next month or two or three months it will be up but you know i'm i've told GoDaddy this too that if they don't fix this by tomorrow by monday after five days i'm going someplace else and i'll have to rebuild the site once again so, have you all had enough? <laughs> I think I have. So, I, I do want to thank you very much for joining me on this uh, extended version of the Visit the Zoo podcast. And I hope even after this last few minutes that you'll join me again next week. I'm not going to tell you to go to my grocery-bags.com website unless you want to see something that's somewhat humorous. Or you can go to my author website at frederickfishman.com that's f-i-c-h-m-a-n and you know what we'll try it again next week and we'll do something even more fascinating hopefully so take care bye for now